Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. and Dragons, and Merry Christmas! We're a D&D 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, and with me today is Amy Moore. That was a beer opening. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. And also with us... <laughs> and also with us... It's Carla Johnson. Uh, happy Boxing Day? For those in Canada and the Commonwealth nations that I believe all celebrate Boxing Day, and also to Americans, maybe they're maybe they're trying to make it happen there. I don't know. Just like we made Black Friday. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Really we stole Black Friday, and by we I mean like corporate conglomerates to try and sell us mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe it worked the same. Mm-hmm. Let me keep going on about my anti-consumerism message. <laughs> that's what this podcast. How many is Christmas about, presents right? have you bought in December? <laughs> Yeah. I spilled a lot of beer on myself. <laughs> and waiting ever so patiently, Tom Laird. Yeah, I don't have any fun sound effects or any anti-something or other stances to make, so hey everybody. Welcome, and, and hopefully everybody's Christmas is fantastic and was fantastic, and... Hanukkah too. Hanukkah. Well, all of them. The whole Hanza, day in Kit and Caboodle. And... And Winter Solstice. Uh, winter Solstice. Mm-hmm. All of those things. Mm-hmm. All of those things and more, and we're doing we're doing different things today. Something special. special, special Christmas, New Year's type special things, which we'll get to in just a moment. Um, but first, we have an, a dedication to one of our lovely patrons, and today's dedication is to Dylan Powell. Thanks, Dylan. Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Thanks. You're awesome. Thank you, Dylan. Um, if you would like to find out more about our Patreon community, who's who are having a fantastic time. Uh, uh, with us over there at patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast is the place to go and check it out. You know what we do have going on that we can mention is an end of year sale in our Tee Public store going on. Right oh, that's now. fun. That's fun. Good There's sale. some fun stuff there. Normally Tee Public does a whole bunch of sales and it's like all of Tee Public and they're like, you can just sell it as your own. But this one we lined up especially for our store. Ooh. So it's, it's just us and and maybe some other people who signed up for it, but mostly just That's us. Cool. Disregard all that anti-consumerist stuff that I said. What <laughs> I meant was <laughs> sure. the best thing you can do is we didn't buy some things at Tee Public from your favorite podcast. That's oh, right. Give them to and also like. and also our podcast. Oh, oh! Way to play it. Self, way to play it cool there. That was good. Self burn. Yeah. It's okay. We didn't discuss the consumerist approach that we were going to take here in this post-winter solstice uh, fever that we're all experiencing right now. Um, but that's all I got. So fuck it. Let's play D and D. Yeah. Let's do it. So what we're doing here today? Uh, we're diving deep into a certain character who was only around for ten episodes. 
God, it felt, felt, like, felt like a lifetime. <laughs> it did. Um, but we're digging deep into a little bit of Grancis's backstory. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Tom with the impression. That was good. That's like right. Yeah. There's still Grancis in all of us, isn't there? I mean, there really is. That's what this whole holiday season is all about. The Grancis inside of all of us. I think you should say, like, there's Grancis in all of us, not inside of all of us. <laughs> it just makes it seem too physical. Oh, boy. We open... In a classroom, there's a crest on the wall of a well-known wizarding school within Waterdeep, the El Torchul Academy. Seated among many other students, we see a young, bright-faced Grancis Ashton, studiously writing down notes at a frantic pace, while on a desk beside him, his mage hand is writing out spell materials, components, and other directions in which to add them for the spell being taught, Featherfall. We see the instructor turn to the class and pose a question. While the faces of many in the class look puzzled, Grancis's hand shoots up fast and high in the air, making those nearest to him scoff and roll their eyes as the wizard at the front of the class calls upon him, allowing him to rattle off the verbal and somatic gestures to perform a shield spell, leaping onto his desk as he does so. And as he does, a student tosses a crumpled piece of parchment across the room at him when Grancis turns and stops it inches from hitting his face. The instructor looks impressed, but asks him to sit down. I thought for sure he was going to produce a portrait. <laughs> uh, uh, side note. Please let us know what Patronus you think Grancis would have. Oh, gosh. If he could produce a Patronus... If there was any Harry Potter cross. Can a pancake be a Patronus? <laughs> I think it needs to be an animate object. Okay. The next scene we see is a smiling and proud Grancis standing at the front of his own class. Eager, fresh-faced students filling the chamber before him as he welcomes them all to the best class to learn about magic and mashed potatoes giving a sly wink as he begins a lengthy lecture on the studies of evocation. At his home, Francis bounds up the snowy steps and bursts through the front door, yelling, Honey, I'm home! A very pregnant woman comes down the hall, wringing her hands on a dish towel, greeting him with a big hug and kiss, and Francis says, Oh, Margie, you're the most beautiful woman in all of Toriel. I can't wait till we meet our little... Little one, oh boy, whore girl. <laughs> it's trying yep. so hard not yep. to laugh. <laughs> the home is decked out in winter solstice decorations. We flash forward, but only a few days to a windy night, and Grancis is hurrying a bundled Margie to a carriage, and they rush to the guild hall of the order. Lightning crashes over the guild hall, and we hear the sound of a baby cry out. Inside, Grancis is seen holding his newborn baby girl, and it looks like he's been crying. He says to the baby, You are the most beautiful girl in all of Toriel, Grancine. Your mama loves you so very much promised to keep her alive in our hearts. The scene fades, and it looks to be a few years later. We see Grancis in a similar classroom. He's at the blackboard, furiously writing, calling out instructions. A mage hand appears and appears to be writing over top of previous directions already given on the blackboard. He turns and yells out to the class, If you can't keep up, you're never gonna make it! He turns back to the blackboard, writing over top of what he was already writing, mumbling to himself as he tries to remember what he was saying. Later in the day, Grancis is seated by himself in a tavern, drinking a tall mug of ale. It's crowded in the tavern. He's looking down at the table when a page appears in front of him. 
He looks up, but doesn't see who might have left it in the frenzy of patrons. Reading it out loud, he says, Looking for adventure? The cunning guard want you, me? You. Meet at the yawning portal tonight at midnight. Grancis arranges for his housemaid to watch Grant's scene for the night and heads out to the yawning portal where we see him sit down with three other patrons. A long-haired male who we recognize as Thaddeus Sicker Cremuppel. An elven woman named Millie, Thaddeus's wife, and a burly fighter whom we learn to be Romaine Broadsword. The group has a discussion when we see a sparkle in Grancis's eye. The image fades to the door of Grancis's classroom with a bunch of confused-looking students. As we see them step away, we see a sign that reads, Gone Fishing. So the Cunning Guard go off as an upstart adventuring group. So we need a couple quick scenes that we can either just talk about or quickly act out if we need to. Probably just talk them through um, of some of the things that they got up to, some of the hijinks that they got up to. Well, they probably do some like really mundane stuff like caravan guarding. Because that's like, mm -hmm. that's an entry level it's pretty standard job, job, right? Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's paying your dues. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we pick up with them, and they're heading uh, north to Luskin during a blustery, cold winter day. And as they are rounding a bend, they are attacked by hill people. Well, how did the hill people attack them there, Tom? Uh, well, that's a real good question. Uh, what are hill people? Like, from the hills have eyes? That's kind of what I'm envisioning. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of yeah, chud like that's come above right, ground. Okay, <laughs> okay. some kind of... So not underground, so like, uh, we'll just change that to above ground. It's a bunch of chads. It's a bunch of chads, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think they come at us with, um, slingshot. what was that, yeah, slingshots or a tiny bow and arrow? They are hit by a barrage of tiny bows and arrows from these halfling hill people who come over the bend. Oh, well, I just run right up. Like, I'm a fighter. I've been so bored just, like, walking along. I'm stoked that there is something to do. Romaine Broadsword dons his broadsword and charges towards them, barreling them down like like bowling pins. Halflings go flying everywhere. <laughs> Millie keeps score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thaddeus was getting a spell ready, but he noticed that, eh, it really doesn't need any more help over there. As the fighter charges forward and wrecks into all of these halflings, the remainder of them, uh, seemingly having overestimated their abilities, flee back to the hills. Shooting bows wildly behind them, arrows wildly, but saying like, pew, pew, pew. You'll never catch us, pew, pew. <laughs> having heard of the great mighty eagle, Right as she was drinking. <laughs> we see them scaling the side of a mountain up to a high perch where a, a nest for a giant eagle awaits them. If I get up there, will there be an angry bird? You don't know. We all have pig masks on for some reason. Like, I don't know yeah, why. What was happening in that game? It's strange. I never understood it. This... this Quoting the movie. It's all from the game. The Mighty Eagle. Yeah, he's in the game too. Oh, is he in the game? Yeah. See, I never played the game you that call far. call upon the Mighty Eagle to just destroy shit. Anyways, you get up to, uh, they get up to the nest, um, and what do they find up there? Nothing. Uh, but a cracked clue. egg? Ooh, a clue. Ooh. That's better. I like that better. Like the board game <laughs> Clue? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, someone was like, haha, got ah. here first, sucker, want your egg, meet us at the place where the sun is broken into a thousand colors. What is this world you're describing? I, I want to know, know more about it. I don't know, but it sounds magical. 
<laughs> like, is it I'm a stained glass that. palace? Is that where the sun's broken into a thousand colors? Mm-hmm. Could I be. Don't know. Let's go there. Russ wrote something out, but let's disregard it <laughs> and go to this mythical castle. Just kidding, Russ. Just kidding. As you, as you finish reading this 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 note that I, I remember exactly, uh, mythical colors and stuff, uh, you hear a they hear a giant caw from behind them. And an eagle swoops towards them, knocking them from the nest. Damn it, that would have been an interesting side adventure. <laughs> Grancis casts we'll Featherfall as they tumble softly down to the ground. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beavermount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, bello! You appear in a tropical city under a blazing sun. The familiar sounds of a harbor, creaking ropes, slapping waves, heavy barrels rolling across cobblestones mingle with voices shouting and cursing in an unfamiliar language filled with clicks, inhalations, and sing-songy words that make it sound almost musical. The aroma of unfamiliar spices and tropical fruit mixes with the wharf-side smells of fish, tar, and canvas. Beyond all that, as you step down onto the port, Port Nyanzaru is an explosion of color. Buildings are painted in bright shades of blue, green, orange, and salmon pink, or their walls are adorned with murals portraying giant reptiles and mythical heroes. Every building sports baskets and clay urns of colorful flowers, or is draped in leafy flowering vines. Minstrels in bright clothing adorned with feathers and shells perform on street corners. Multicolored pennants and sun awnings flutter atop the city walls, and a crowd of children dressed in feathered hats and capes races past you, squealing in delighted terror as a street performer, costumed as a big-toothed lizard, stomps and roars behind them. The whole city seems to be bustling, sweating, laughing, swearing, and singing. You have come to Port Nyanzaru, part of Chult. And you've come here under the premise that there is a job for you. You know where you're supposed to be, and it's not till much later in the evening, but you've heard of dinosaur races in this city. Hey, uh, so we got some we got some time to kill. What do we, so what do you say we, uh, we go check that out, maybe? Some dinosaurs racing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to go see some dinos. Let's do it. All right, Romain, you're in. How about uh, how about you, how about you Thaddeus? Uh, is there uh, really? is there is there betting on these races? Because uh, I I do like to to lay the odd bet down now and then. Oh, Billy there. gives him the side eye hard. So we're married, so yeah, yeah. There's definite betting. Billy, you in for betting or you in for racing? I'm gonna see if I can race one. Well, I probably have to come just keep an eye on you guys. I I can okay. I can I can place one bet though, right, Billy? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Millie's just Millie's tough. But like, we hey, don't know if, what kind of shit he has gambled away. He has a problem. Exactly. That's I kind true. of feel like he has. I'm on Millie's side. You head down the streets of Port Nanzaru to a large market ward. You enter an area where there appears to be makeshift bleachers set up all down this long path. You hear roars 
and snarls coming from inside a building. And you see a, a man standing at what looks to be an open gate. He's taking, presumably, bets from people as they enter. Know your limit. Stay within it. Lotto Thanks, Max. British Columbia Lottery Corporation. <laughs> Isn't there a different one for Alberta? Why do you have the... Or is, yeah, that's BC. Huh? Man. That's BC. That's yeah. some good advertising. advertising. It's in your brain. Don't, don't, don't chase your losses. don't lottery very often. We just know it's there. Okay. Right. Uh, well, let's go uh, see about that betting. Okay, yeah. I uh, wander on over to the guy taking the, the money and say, oh, what, uh, what, what's the deal here, good sir? What kind of what odds do we got going on? Oh, you're looking to make a big bet, little bet? What are you looking to I, make? I just like to bet. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you, I get you. As I'm kind of twitching. Can we, <laughs> well, uh... we got some... Sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, we got some good odds on the good odds on the racers today. We got Big Honker seven one. That's uh, seven one. You were you I think you want to put uh, put a little money down on him? Uh, I mean that, that sounds pretty good. What else you got? Can we can we go look at the racers, or uh, we just gotta like get the information from you, or what? Oh, you're new around here. Yeah, yeah, our yeah, first first time sure. here at the Dino Races. Oh, okay, yeah. Come on, step right in. Let me take you and see the racers. And he walks you into a stable area, and you see lining where you might otherwise see horses, you see large, um, well, young dinosaurs, for the most part. Um, he walks you in and he says, yeah, this one here, he's the seven and one, he's big honker, he's, yeah, oh, everybody loves him. As you can see, a lovely Tyrannosaurus Rex, look at those, look at those legs. I mean, you catch him in the, uh, the unchained race, he's probably gonna be your best bet, but, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of things you're into there. He continues you walking down and you step before a young triceratops. And he says, this is Ubtau's favorite. He's only five to one, but it's still pretty good. You know, if you're looking to make a little extra coin. Now, now is that his name or is there someone named Ubtau that that's his favorite dragon? Yes, and both. And it's a dinosaur, good sir. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry my I bad. said dragon. You probably said the right thing. He's uh, he, he's new here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are bringing him on the on the on the tour around town. I get you. Um, he walks you down. This one here, it's a hadrosaur. A little bit slower, but still good odds. Three to one. Banana candies, its name. I, I slapped that. It's like banana candy. And I I nod back like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good, good. Um, now we're getting into some uh, some some risky business, okay? These ones are like two to ones, one to twos, one to threes, you know. Th- uh, and then you get down to the is like one to seven. So we got uh, we got uh, Bone Cruncher, the Allosaurus, Grung Stomper, the Ankylosaurus, Scarback, another T Rex there. I don't know if you can see around the corner. And we got up this side here. We got Nasty Boy, the Allosaurus. We got Jungle Princess, who's a Dinonychus, and Mountain Thunder. She's old, but you know she still she still has some fight left in her. What happens when they don't have any fight left in them? They go to a happy place. I, oh, you just where? you send them out a to a farm, farm and they can run around for a while. A well, dinosaur they, farm? They yeah, they, it's a dinosaur farm. They live in the trees. They what? they eat the vegetables in and the, the and the yeah within the trees. Not, not like inside the trees, lady. Like, they live amongst the trees. Now, question, question. The dinosaurs live. What kind of transport do these dinosaurs, do they take like a dinosaur train to get out to these farms? You're terrible. You waited right until you I started drinking. drinking. <laughs> now I've got dinosaur trains stuck in my head. It's never going to leave. What's a train? <laughs> Uh, it's a mode of transportation. Interesting. We don't have those down here yet. We got boats and we got, uh, we got, they just walk because they're dinosaurs. Um, so, all right. So, you guys all looking to bet? We're together. Paisley wants to bet. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, three bones. Hey, what, uh, what, uh, what's costs, uh, get, uh, riding in a race? Well, I don't know who's uh, who's racing here. I mean, we've got a couple that don't have a rider today. Anybody who's looking to to partake, what's your what's your riding of animals abilities? 
I mean, not not very good on on my account. I just usually like to bet on them. I don't do much riding. Sounds like you want to ride it. No, I said the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, riding take uh, got to be a pretty good athlete to ride, I guess. Hey, so I'm I'm a remarkable athlete. So I I bet you look like a remarkable athlete. You look like you'd take out anybody here. So, not me. How do we? How do we ride these things? You hop onto them? Not okay. Them I mean, I guess I asked that question, but uh, I meant uh, how do we facilitate us being able to ride on them? We got to pay you or mm, okay. You tell me how good you are at riding animals and I'll put a little we'll put some we'll put some odds against it. You win some money. It's good for us. It's good for you. Um you have a little fun riding a riding a dinosaur. I'm very good. I yeah. will watch. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah Chris, let's do are it. Are you sure that's a good idea? Oh, oh fuck yeah, but okay. I mean, I'm okay. I'm just I'm just gonna place a bet on what was it? Banana candy was that the one, Millie? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think banana candy was the one that she seemed to have her eyes on. Very well trained. Uh, yeah, I I hope I wish the best for your bet. How much would you like to put down? Uh, Mill- Millie, how how much am I allowed to put down? I mean, what do you think? Like ten? Just ten? Ten gold pieces. Ten gold. All right, we're gonna throw ten, ten gold piece. All right. Is there any sort of uh, concession stand around for maybe like a jumbo hot dog or anything while we're watching the races? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, you betcha. We'll get these two outfitted here on uh, on the on the riders on their on their animals of choice, and you guys can go ahead out there to the concession and get yourself a prime seat. Perfect. Sounds good. Awesome. Don't die, you guys. Yeah, be safe. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I'm totally on. not going to die. It's fine. So you guys head back out to get your, your jumbo jumbo hot dogs, mm-hmm. uh, which totally exist in this world. Yeah. Is there the yeah. possibility of getting a giant foam finger while we're there as well? Maybe what? a souvenir stand? Mm-hmm. Not foam, maybe, but maybe like Yeah, sure. Metal? Giant metal finger? <laughs> metal. <laughs> Yeah, there's, you can't there, wave it's it. Like a big armor finger. Sure. Yes. <laughs> there's an there's an a, there's a large finger made out of like it's made out Wood? of like yeah probably bark. Okay. Bark yeah. would probably be a good good facsimile for that. What if there's like a magician there and they like can do like a little some little like buy a little mage hand thing so you like have a big <laughs> oh that'd be fun like mage hand finger somehow I like that yeah that's fun. Not so uh, heavy. Yeah. Light. Light as anything. Yeah. I like it. They sell you a a ring of mage hand that has one charge in it. Lasts for the like ten minutes or so. Um, yeah, let's do that. Perfect. So you guys go find a great seat with your ring of mage hand and your your large snacks. We'll get you two who are sitting out to play other racers in the race, so you're actually doing something. Okay. Sweet. I feel like it's, I'm getting to play without the risk. <laughs> well, there's no risk. Who the fuck's Romaine Broadsword? I don't care about this dude. <laughs> also, he is not just a cocky asshole. He's actually really actually good at this. I'm reading Equipment's Last. I haven't got there on the character sheet yet. He has a war horse. Like, he legit is a good rider. A good rider. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how this racing is going to work... You get my rainbow. It's a deck of cards, mm-hmm. and you have to predict what the... <laughs> A series of dice. And oh, it's... don't make it complicated. We're so dumb, Russ. <laughs> it's not complicated. Good. So racing, a race runs a length of 300 feet. So the race itself will will determine how, you know, you jump over things. You do that as we go here. But every round, each rider makes a wisdom animal handling check. And the DC is different for the different types of dinosaurs. With each success... The animal moves forward its speed. So some go 50, 40, 30, 50 is the fastest they can go. We will keep a running tally. If the check fails, your your turn does not increase. When someone equals or exceeds 300, that dinosaur crosses the finish line and that racer wins. Um, a racer can try to move the higher listed speed, so it almost doubles the numbers in some case. Um, they say it would be you'd roll with advantage. Essentially, it'd be like whipping or lashing the animal to get it to go faster. 
What about just like a gentle encouragement? Sure. Um, however, it's got to, the dinosaur then has to succeed a constitution check. And if it doesn't make it, the speed is halved for the rest of the race. Ooh. Uh, so no initiative is involved. Riders can make their animal checks in any order or all at the same time. If two or more dinosaurs cross the finish line in the same round, the one with the highest tally wins. If the tallies are the same, the racers are tied. In the event of a tie, brawls are likely to break out in trackside betting pools. Um, this, do you guys want to do an unchained event where dinosaurs can attack each other, or do you want to just race it? Well, I think we want dinosaurs to attack each other. Okay. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but I mean... I mean, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'll give you your, your plus attack... Um, depending on which racer or which dinosaur you pick, I'll give you some hit points and what damage they may, they need, that they have. Do you want to just roll us dinos? It seems more fair that sure. way. What yeah, do you guys sure. Yeah, that works. I agree. So there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So of course there's nine. There's no D9. Amy, you mm-hmm. are going to be racing Jungle Princess. A Deinonychus with a frightened jockey. Awesome. So a Deinonychus has a speed of 40, and if you whip it, it goes 60. Uh, has a skill check DC of 12. So when you roll your animal wisdom handling one, that's what you have to meet or beat. Tom, you're going to be racing Mountain Thunder, the aging Demetrodon. Excellent. <laughs> Mountain Thunder. For a really good fight, <laughs> uh, Demetri Don goes uh, thirty and fifty. If you if you if you whip it, what if I whip it real Skill good? Check. <laughs> then it would go fifty. And you add that to the Spotify playlist and move on. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, the skill check DC is eight. Carla, yes. you are going to be racing Big Honker, the crowd pleasing young Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, so the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, moves a speed of 50, and if you whip it, it goes 100. Has a skill check DC of 18. I feel like he's quite good <laughs> in comparison. This is why it was better that we didn't pick, because yeah. this is crazy. Uh, well, we need we need banana candy in this race, so that... Uh, so Grancis will Grancis pilot it. Will Pilot Banana Candy, the well-trained Hadrosaurus. Uh, Hadrosaurus, uh, move 40 or 50. Skill check DC of 10. All right, so you got your dinosaurs. We'll get you out to the start race, and then everybody just head for the end line. And uh, this, this is an unchained event, so anything goes. If you feel like you need to take a strike at something, go for it. Okay? Yeah. All right. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm a frightened jockey. Good What's character your work. What's name? <laughs> Shut up, Carla. What's your I meant name? it. Uh, my jockey's name is um, Reginald. I had already forgotten that you were scared, so it was good character work. I was sincere. Um, and Tom, what is your jockey's name? Uh, my jockey's name is Manos. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Well, hello there. I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. Merry Christmas, Happy Winter Solstice, and I soon to be Happy New Year to you. Thank you for joining us for episode 68 of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh boy! Hope you're enjoying this return of Grancis. I know I do. I can't speak for everyone else. They say they had fun, but that it also reminded them why Grancis was so irritating. Oh boy. Starting today, December 26th, running through January 2nd, over in our Public store, linked in the description, when you visit, make a purchase, and enter the promo code DUMBDRAGON at checkout, you'll receive 30% off your entire order. We've partnered with Public to be able to offer some amazing savings to you to round out this year and to celebrate 2018, because it's been filled with tons of milestones for the, not only the podcast, but for us personally, and we're so happy to have been able to share that with you. So, one more time, visit our Tee Public store 
Make some picks and enter the promo code DUMBDRAGON at checkout to get 30% off your order from December 26th through January 2nd. It's the holiday, so I won't keep you much longer, but just a reminder, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast, where for a monthly pledge, you can join the amazing community of people who help us make this show better with every single episode. And if you listen to us and love the show we're creating, a review or a share of an episode to a friend or family member goes a long way. And to thank you, we're going to get back to reading those reviews. I know there's a couple in the queue, but we've just kind of worked so far ahead that uh, we haven't had the chance. So once we're caught back up, we'll get back to reading those again and thanking you for being amazing. You can find all of our social media links and where to get a hold of us through our website, dumbdragons.com. And a big thanks to Sirenscape for some of the amazing atmosphere in this episode. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com to bring your games to life. Links for everything mentioned today can be found in the description. The next episode will be out next Wednesday, January 2nd, where we'll continue this Grancis adventure. Have a great week. We'll talk in the new year. All right, you get out to the start race, and there is a countdown. Three, two, one, go! And everybody is off to the races. Everybody make your... No initiative. Everybody make your check. Your so this is the skill DC? Handling. I yeah. made mine. Plus animal handling. Alright, I got a... I got a 22. 12. I got a 12. Got a little, little too much to handle between your legs there, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Meanwhile, my guy's doing real good, but I feel like he's got, like, saucer eyes. <laughs> Like, Reginald really just shouldn't uh, be here. Like, maybe he lost a bet. Or. Because what was your roll? Like, uh, I rolled a 15 plus 7. Oh, damn, girl. I mean, damn, boy. Because you're right. So, and Tom, Tom, you made it because you got higher than I. Oh. Uh, yeah, fine. 17 for me. Great. When can I bite someone? Because I'm not doing well in the racing part. I'm going to grab the first tail that goes by me. Yeah. Uh, make, that, make that decision now. Great, I want to bite someone now. Okay, roll to attack, and who are you biting? Uh, uh, who's the, who's the, whoever Grancis is riding. I can't remember. He's riding. Not banana uh, candy. He's riding banana candy. Oh, no. He's on banana candy. God damn it, Carla. This does sound delicious. Uh. You know, in your defense, I understand. Uh, so that is a 24. Uh, 24 hits. As the start bell goes, yeah, I'm gonna say that stops my guy's movement. Um, and then roll for damage. Uh, 16. Holy shit. Well, that would have killed my dinosaur. dinosaur. Banana candy? <laughs> just call my dinosaur banana uh, But as the start <laughs> bell goes, uh, Mountain Thunder... And uh, Jungle Princess leap off of the start line as Big Honker takes a big chomper <laughs> out of Banana Candy, who is knocked to the ground as she is trying to leap out in front. It's really rude. I feel like she took like one step yeah. and Big Chomper got her tail. It was just like face plant. Yeah. It was and rude. We... We cut back to the crowd and we see the mage hand that did have like the number one finger we in totally the air has now been changed to just an now. upside down, <laughs> thumbs down. You don't think this bloodthirsty dino racing crowd is into this? They're into it. That's yeah, why but they our best just got chomped. Oh, I see. Lily is screaming oh, from the sidelines. Your specific you ass. Your specific one. I thought yeah. you meant like the whole crowd. Yeah. And I was oh, like, no, the crowd just, has just not the turned against me. Mage they hand love rental. it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, okay, so the T-Rex is on top of the Hadrosaurus, and Demi and uh, the Demetrodon and Dinonychus have jumped forward 30 feet um, each. Shouldn't I go 40 feet? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 40 feet. <laughs> Just testing um, me. Clearly showing the efficiency of proper riders of dinosaurs, obviously. <laughs> Beginning of round two. Ooh. Oh, yes, 23. <laughs> uh, the Hadrosaur is going to uh, hit at the T-Rex as it is on top of it uh, with a crit 20. Damn. Damn. Ooh. 
We're gonna see some dino murder. Um, so you made yours, Tom? Oh yeah, I made mine. Uh, critical fail. <laughs> oh <laughs> <So> no! <laughs> Mountain Thunder kind of sits down and takes a little break because she's getting it's older. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's Whereas like a freestyle race, just so she can like, do whatever she wants. <laughs> Whereas Jungle Princess surges forward another 40 feet, and the damage to the T-Rex, uh, that's going to be 11. Ooh. 11 damage that to you. That is the most of the damage. Uh, what does uh, what does T-Rex do there? Oh, I try to run? got an 11. I rolled awesome. an 11. To, to hit or to run? To run. I don't oh, you're care. being attacked right now, too. Yeah, you... You, I gotta so fight you're, back, right. Right, you right. You don't have to. I mean, you can, but... Okay, yeah, I'll fight back. <clears throat> that's a 24. Uh, yep, that's gonna hit. And that is... A 14 damage. So as the Hadrosaur strikes the T-Rex, it rears its head back and snaps the Hadrosaur's neck. And uh, Grancis yells, Oh, what are you doing to my... I just wanted to raise dinosaurs! Fuck! I play this game to win. Alright, so Grancis and the Hadrosaur are out. Alright, everybody roll your round. We, we cut back Millie's to Thaddeus pissed. in the crowd, and he's on his knees, arms in the air. <laughs> Banana candy! <laughs> you were too beautiful to live. El- uh, uh, 11. Just, just not quite. Oh, that's better. I got a 22 that time. I got a 10. So great. <laughs> Carla. What's happening? Hey, I'm real good at chomping. I'm not very good at moving. <laughs> yeah, roll again there because you guys are now separated. Everybody. Yeah, I'm ahead. Yep. 17. That's a good. Okay. Oh, can I also pee? Can my. Roll, roll to pee? Can, I, can, I, can my dinosaur <laughs> roll to pee, like, urinate while she's running to make the course, like, slick and or disgusting for sure. other dinosaurs to run through? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. You don't have to roll to pee, you can just oh. pee. Okay, I just want to pee. Or tell me how how Reginald tells your dinosaur to pee. He, like, tickles her in the ear, like the ear hole that lizards have. Mm-hmm. And Good. she just pees. All right. Either of you moving? <laughs> uh, I rolled um, a 12. Can I move yet? <laughs> no? Maybe maybe Perfect. start lashing your dinosaur. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. I'm just at the front like, fuck yeah, I killed it. And I'm not even moving. Your dinosaur's I've... just eating the other dinosaur at this point. You're like, yeah, you earned <laughs> yeah. that snack. How, yeah, how does Romaine react to a dinosaur that's not moving in a race where he's trying to win? I think he still like is still feels like he's doing good at this point because mm-hmm. he killed that other dinosaur. Sure. It's sort of like um, this is coming from the dinosaur's perspective, but it's like when you have um, falcons, like you know, people train falcons. Mm-hmm. And you can only feed them a certain amount because if you feed them too much. They won't chase the thing you want them to, right. but if you feed them too little, they'll just be like, see you later, idiot, and never come back. I like it. It's, it's a very fine line. So with this dinosaur, probably attacking right away was not my best strategy in hindsight, because the T-Rex just wants to chomp, and it did. And I it feel did. like, though, you've changed the rules of the game for yourself. Like, I have a feeling like you have a huge hubris, <laughs> like... like like, mm-hmm. nothing ever doesn't really go your way. You just change oh, your yeah. perception. So you're like, oh, no, I no. feel like I'm, I'm winning in to like, win the race. Like, I just fucking yeah, don't I care about the race. The blood. <laughs> Did you see that I killed that dinosaur? Winning. Exactly. Well, I'm going to exactly. give you the option that the the stable full of dinosaurs is now behind you. Oh, God. If I want to switch? If you want to massacre? <laughs> yeah, like. It's got He's the taste for blood. He's just giving you the He's options. He's telling you it's there. Oh, okay. Jungle Princess surges forward ahead. Um, Mountain Thunder comes upon a pee spot. Roll a dexterity saving throw there, Tom. Roll to dodge pee? Dodge pee. Uh, So that's a 16 without any bonuses. So it probably went pretty well for Mountain Thunder. Mountain Thunder just steps in. She's used to just stepping through piles of pee. um, And surges forward. She's seen it all. Another 30 feet. Roll again. So do I have to state that I want to start whipping now before yeah. I roll? Yeah, because it... Okay, did. and what was the roll again? It was like wisdom for me and then constitution for the dinosaur? Yeah, so you roll at, at, with advantage. Okay. Yeah. 
I want to know what Romaine's so good at this. <laughs> okay, so first roll was another critical fail, so good thing I have advantage. All right, much better. That's a 17. Okay, so, yeah, she will she will move her higher speed, which is... 50. 50. 50, you said. Yeah, so you surge forward, and you don't move. So you actually surpass... <gasps> Uh, jungle princess. Now oh you must make a constant. Uh, what's uh, sorry? What's uh, what's going on back uh, back in T Rex land? Oh, I rolled a three, so that's an eight. So I'm still just just hanging out. But what I think is happening mm-hmm. is You're that just l- playing playing possum, letting us feel no, good about our no, lead. No, I think Big Honker is like head up, blood dripping. Kind of turns his head towards the crowd, and it's just kind of like. Checking out are, all those are you soft bodied humans. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Romaine is starting to think, I don't know if this was the best choice I could have made, <laughs> but I don't know. He's not a smart man. No, that's fair. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, Constitution saving throw for Mountain Thunder. That's a 14. I don't know what Mountain Thunder's bonuses are. Uh, give you a con plus there for... Oh, plus two, so 16. Okay, so you have made it, because you need to beat a 15, so you're not moving half speed. Excellent. Do that again. Okay, do it again. We're at 140 feet. Jungle, or Mountain Thunder is is currently in the lead. You know, Carla, if you uh, put the pedal to the metal, your dinosaur can move 100 feet, so you can basically lap us in two (laughs) turns. Uh, but I have to say that Oof. before I roll, right? That was not a good really roll for Mountain Thunder. I, I already rolled, and I actually am moving this time, so I don't want to redo it, because I rolled a 23. All nice. Right. Um, okay, so Big Honker uh, surges forward 50 feet. Uh, neither of you moved? No. Or, no, I got a three. Uh, I got a four. <laughs> uh, stopping to smell the vendors. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe... Okay, you get knocked over by one of the vendors there, Jungle Princess, so you're scrambling to get back up, whereas uh, Mountain Thunder is just, like, taking a deep breath because she's very tired now that she surged forward. Winded. Oh, winded. Little winded. Mm -hmm. All right. Again? Again. There we go. 21. That's much better. 17. Man, I forgot to say one. Uh, nine. It's a nine for me? Nine. Like when you I need to remember to like... say that I'm going to. Yeah, me too. Now that I've started to move, I think Romaine is like, well, fuck, now it looks like I'm trying, so I better fucking try. So still in the lead, but within 10 feet, uh, Mountain Thunder and Jungle Princess are at the front, whereas uh, Big Honker, he's doing something. Way back. Way back. Way back. What Way number back. are we going to? What's winning 300, number? 300. 300. So you're over halfway there. The crowd is cheering as you round the final corner to head back towards the finish line. Roll. Oh, I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to whip whip the dino. Okay. At uh, twelve, which then it beats. What it. does it mean if I try to whip the dino? <laughs> you roll with advantage, and then it's gonna okay. make a con save. Okay. Well, let's see if I can do better than that, too. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> I rolled a nat 20. It's really yeah, exciting. Oh, well, the dinosaur shouldn't even have to make a con roll, then, if you nail the first one. It's okay. What's, uh... uh plus three to your con. Yeah. Plus a uh, ten. You just have to be ten. Oh, oh that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen. And you got it. So surging out of nowhere... Jesus. Big honker runs up a hundred feet behind, snarling as is being whipped by Romaine. Mountain Thunder, slow and steady, wins the race within a hundred feet. But you hear the snaps and snarls of Big Honker coming up behind you. Roll Uh-oh. again. Okay, I I want to search. Okay. Oh, oh, I didn't even need to roll advantage. You can twenty-four, and it's also a twenty-four. Okay. I rolled. What can I try and surge again? What are yeah. the surging rules? You well, surge as many times as you want. If it if, if it doesn't it's make it's like the I always save. say, if you're gonna run in a race, you might as well ride a T Rex. Mm-hmm. That's right. What do I have to beat? Ten. Ten. 
Well, oh, I got 13. a crit, crit fail on the ones. But again, you you have advantage, so. Yeah. Uh, 13. Is 13 do I move? 13. Uh, yeah, so you surge. Uh, so blowing past. Everybody? Everybody. How fast does yours go when it's going super fast? 100 feet. 60. Okay, so blowing past everybody, uh, the T-Rex goes to 250 feet. However, just as the T-Rex is catching up, Jungle Princess and her frightened rider who find, uh, find it saw that Big Honker destroyed another dinosaur and doesn't want his dinosaur destroyed, blows past the finish line. This is his, just to be clear... This is his boss's dinosaur. His boss last minute said, I'm too hungover to ride, you do it. And he's just like, he's like, he's a guy who puts a saddle on the dinosaur. Like, he's not, that's why he's so scared. Makes sense. As you pull past the finish line, everybody cheers and goes running down down to the the bookie and uh, mad dash for money. You see some older people in the crowd just throw their arms down, because it looked like Mountain Thunder might have won this time around. And they were pulling. They were pulling for her. We all were. But that is the end of the race. Grancis is still at the start line. Like, I just wanted to fucking ride a dinosaur, <laughs> Romaine. Jesus. Just, like, comforting his poor oh, dead dinosaur. Oh. Oh, it's like dying in his arms. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Is he gonna name this dinosaur's baby after himself now? <laughs> yep. Yep. You're right, I don't Grant feel bad Zeno. that I killed his dinosaur anymore. No. Nope. <laughs> shouldn't at all. Uh, oh, that was fun. I mean, I didn't win, but I did kill yeah, that other dinosaur. It was pretty fun. fun. If your dinosaur didn't eat my dinosaur, <laughs> Jesus. Well, what are you gonna do? It's a T Rex eat uh, dinosaur world, even, eh? We didn't even leave the start line. <laughs> Millie comes down from the stands and was like, "Great fun. Um, my favorite part was how you ate ten gold pieces of mine, <laughs> and now you owe me ten gold pieces." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too, for ruining my fun. <laughs> Romaine's the worst. <laughs> Romaine is the worst. <laughs> and I gave everyone E. coli. Right? Perfect. Hey, you Romaine don't know that calm. yet? <laughs> but you're gonna find out. Oh, God. We flash to later on in the day and the, the, the group has met up with uh, the person who has the job for them and they give them a job and uh, saying a small town outside of Port Nyanzaru is being overrun um, and looted frequently by orcs and bugbears. Everybody agrees that they will take the job because it pays quite quite heartily and we we see them later in a cave surrounded by an entire tribe of orcs and bugbears. It's much larger than it was let on. They, with their backs to the walls, we see within Grancis a spark of lightning. And he lets the largest lightning bolt go into this cave. And as the dust settles, only he and Thaddeus are moving. Everyone else has died. We flash to a couple years later, and Grancis is sitting alone in his room. It's a rainy day, and he is staring out into nothing, really. When through, from under the door behind him, slides a letter, picks it up, and on the seal is a single eye.
Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. She's just crying. And I'm over here going, it's Hogwarts. <laughs> and then you said Mage Hand and Feathers. And I'm like, Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> And I'm a nerd. And then... Look at me now. Uh, bathroom. Paisley it. had some thoughts on it, too. Yep. She certainly She's did. getting very emotional about the return of Grancis. She's been waiting so oh, long. We're going, it's like, mm-hmm. it's childhood. Like, we're really getting in deep here. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, feather ball. <laughs> I'm trying to laugh. Amy, how so could you? It's so tragic all of a sudden. <laughs> your face is a smile, Tom. You shut your mouth. I don't know what you're mouth. talking about. I was emotionally invested, Russ. I was feeling kind of sad about it. You know These what? two I wieners, cold-hearted. Amy's <laughs> laughing at me. I knew the baby's name. I knew the baby's name was going to be Grancine, and I was just. It just it lost I some of the emotional my... resonance for you. Yes, you I primed myself for the funniness of Grancine, and then you got side swiped by the, the tragedy. I was like, I was already laughing. It was too late. <laughs> I'm a monster. Uh, Sorry. Would you like to do that again? <laughs> no, you, you stopped before, or oh. I stopped before, so that's good. Thank God. So now this is where you three come in. We need to come up with three scenes, or two to three scenes, of things that they go off to do before we jump into one. Question. Yeah. Okay. So, Marge doesn't sound like quite a standard lady. Nope. I need to, I, Margie. I just can't. Margie. She's a standout lady. Oh, she ain't a I standard like... lady. I, like, had um, a note, like, sounds like just, a pretty standard lady. I don't know. Right? But I just need to right now. You're, so you're telling me that Margie died during childbirth and then Grancis named her daughter after himself? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly <laughs> correct. <her>? Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> I just had to be clear. Yep. God, I, I hope her mid- right. middle name is Margie, at least. Right? Jeepers. It's not. It's Francie. It's Grantula. Francis. <laughs> uh, I mean, he did also just leave to go adventuring and, like, leave his three-year-old daughter. Sure, so. yep. Maybe he's not father of the year. We're going to find out more about that in the regular game as we get to know Grancine. Totally. <clears throat> oh, anyway, adventures. Right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> She's the sheep that's in front of you. So, seven? Am I looking at that right? Wisdom. So, plus proficiency. Seven? Sure. Yeah. Seven. Let's do that. Yep. What do you mean, let's do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Because it's <laughs> not our is. wisdom plus, right? It's our actual wisdom number. Plus proficiency? It's wisdom. Yeah. So, so 12, not is... plus one. <laughs> oh, then. Yeah. Okay, then no, mine no. should be 20. No, 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 no. <laughs> it should be the Hold plus on. Numbers. It's the plus number. So, okay. yeah. Plus seven. So for Amy's, because she has a wisdom of 16, she gets a plus okay. three. She's plus a real smart. Plus proficiency of plus four. Okay. I'm super smart. So I have plus five. Oh, I'm not that a, smart. I got a 22. Do I roll a d20? How do you play this game? <laughs> yes, you roll a d20. <laughs> this, is a little, this is a little peek behind the curtain for what Russ has to deal with every time we do anything Amy, slightly different. It has legitimately different. been a long time since we've rolled a d20. It's true. Anything with a skill check as well is like, come on. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Were you accused of a murder enacted by supernatural forces beyond your control? Yeah. Are you seeking a multi-figure gold settlement for damages to your business? Yes. Are you a young entrepreneur seeking justice for the murder of a family member that would be here if you were better at your job? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Thomas Phelps. I am the attorney, along with my assistants, of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher, and we want to help you get justice. Our expert legal services are available for a modest fee. But not too modest, I got a family to feed. As a bot, I don't eat, but I do have a hunger. A hunger for justice. And that hunger drives us to work for you, future client. From investigation to sentencing, we've got you covered for everything from public urination. Oh, yeah. To murder in varying degrees. Don't look at me. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher care about families. 
That's why they worked quickly to help get this daddy off. I was blown away. My business was in trouble after an unfortunate case of property damage. But the attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher helped set things right with a hefty gold settlement. So come on down to the law offices of Phelps, Oz, Mogbile, and Felcher. Located in the old Biscayne Boys building. In Eastern Orgea. Just follow the podcast highway signs for Dungeons and Drimbus and take the season three exit. The attorneys of Phelps, Oz, Mogbio, and Felcher are not responsible nor liable for any of the following that may be incurred while working on your case. Sudden death, loss of limbs, heartbreak, the use of magic to secure evidence, the wrath of an interdimensional being, urinary bladder infections, nausea, depression, the sudden desire to remove one's clothing, the illicit romance of a will-they-won't-they-workplace scenario, or complete and utter disregard for the natural laws of space and time. Join your favorite fantasy attorneys for their next case. Dungeons and Drimbus publishes every Friday wherever podcasts are found.